Winchester here with Jacqueline Masters, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim the bookshelf and read the world. Today, we're talking about books by trans women in films. You can find a complete transcript of this episode on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Well, happy Women's History Month, Jacqueline. Yes, indeed. We're back again for another year celebrating it on the podcast. Very excited. Uh, And uh, you recently made the relocation back to Australia, and you already have an incredible number of Aussie books that um, you've had shared on your Instagram on all sorts of things. I've been loving it. I've had, it's been a very rough move doing an international move um, during a pandemic, as I'm sure many people have experienced too. Um, But uh, yes, I'm very grateful that Australian publishers have been very kind sending a lot of books our way to share on the podcast already. (laughs) So everyone definitely check out Jacqueline's Instagram and uh, different things for more Australian lit book recommendations. Uh, Also, it is a new month, like we mentioned, so it's also a new Patreon podcast episode. Uh, And so this month, uh, I am talking to Evelyn Bradley and Vanessa Bradley. Uh, Evelyn was a guest on one of our episodes about Black Joy, and she and her wife, Vanessa, live in Prince Edward Island, Canada. And uh, I had them on the Patreon podcast to chat about... Uh, book clubs because I met them through a book club that Vanessa and Evelyn hosted. And uh, we taught, we chat about what it was like to start their LGBTQ plus book club, um, how they chose the books that they did, um, the different things that they're aware of, like having younger readers in the group as well as older readers. It was a really fabulous conversation. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'm so excited to listen as well. Yes. Uh, we were very we'll say enthusiastic uh, (laughs) about the conversation. (laughs) So uh, it was a really fabulous thing to edit as well. I just couldn't stop laughing while editing. So I hope you all enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed working on it. So if you are interested in uh, listening to the Patreon podcast, you can check out our Patreon link in the show notes and head over there and uh, check it out. Very exciting. (laughs) And Jacqueline, you have some news from Australia. Yes. So by the time you're listening to this episode, the Stella Prize longlist will have been announced. It's uh, coming out on the 4th of March. Uh, It's an online virtual announcement event. Uh, And we then have until the 25th of March until the shortlist is announced and the ultimate winner is announced on the 22nd of April. So if you don't already know about this prize, it's one of the major Australian literary prizes and it is for works of fiction and non-fiction by women and non-binary writers um, for anything published in the 2020 calendar year. Uh, So it's very exciting. I always like seeing what um, books get listed because there's always a number that I haven't even heard of, which I, I find really exciting about literary prizes. So um, I'm very much anticipating what's coming out. 
And I, I love that, you know, you can discover so many great writers and then oftentimes those books then go on to other countries because, you know, they have been spotlighted in this way, like The Erratics by Vicki Laveau Harvey, which won a few years ago. And it's one of my favorite memoirs and audiobooks of all time. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of them have, um, but I would definitely love to see more getting picked up. And I'd particularly love to see Tracker by Alexis Wright getting picked up because I think yes. that one is one of the only winners that hasn't been published in the US, at least anyway. I know I struggled to get hold of it when I was in Texas. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, do you usually do, are you doing a predictions video this year? I have. I've got a, a video up on BookTube um, and I intentionally only gave like eight recommendations. I think it was of books that really stood out to me and I wanted to intentionally leave a little bit of wiggle room <laughs> for uh, the unknown because I, I wanted to just acknowledge that I haven't read everything and it's a very fiction heavy prediction list. Um, so I, I, want to, I want to be surprised as a reader <laughs> very selfishly. <laughs> Well, we will definitely link that in our show notes as well for people to go check out and see, you know, how many you got right. Because right now we don't know. And I'm really looking forward to see how, <laughs> how you do this year. So it's been a wild year. So I imagine they had quite the tasks uh, mm. judging that prize this year. Yeah, I imagine it was quite a quite a list to choose from. All right. So I guess now it's time to talk about our theme, which we are both very excited about and have been discussing and sharing titles for, for several months now. Yes. So we are looking at books by trans women for Women's History Month this month. Which I think is extremely appropriate and looking out, there's so many, many amazing uh, trans women writers and femmes uh, that are doing such great work in not just in the U.S., but around the world. And so we are going to be talking about some books today. We are going to have some extra ones linked in the show notes for you to check out as well, since, you know, we are only two people who can only read so many books and there's just so many out there. So definitely keep an eye out on that and on our Instagram, where we'll be sharing uh, trans women organizations and creators um, all throughout the month. Yeah, and we'll link some resources in the show notes too if there are um, specific things you're looking for. We've, we've listed some starting points for your own research too. Uh, so we have some we wanted to highlight today. So I found an article actually on Shondaland that had a lot of different LGBTQ plus organizations listed that you could go and support, um, whether that's volunteering or you could donate to. And there are a lot of ones that focus on um, trans women, helping trans women in various ways from uh, the Transgender Law Center, uh, which uh, focuses on providing information and support to transgender and gender nonconforming people and their families. Um, you have SNAPCO, which builds power of black, trans, and queer people to force systemic divestment from the prison industrial complex to invest in community support. Uh, there are just so many great organizations listed, like the Okra Project, uh, which addresses the crisis that black trans folks face by providing home-cooked healthy meals to black trans people wherever they can reach them. So there's a lot of great organizations listed. And if you have one that you would like to share with us that we could share on our Instagram stories or something like that, feel free uh, to DM us on our Instagram page at The Reading Women. 
Yeah, definitely. Particularly if you're a, a listener outside of the US, um, we'd love to hear resources in your country specifically. I've listed a, a website that catalogues a whole range of Australian resources across the states and territories. Um, it's really a, a, a broad mix of organisations um, as a starting point. But we, yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you have specific resources you'd like to shout out from your, your country. All right. So now it's time to jump into our picks. And uh, Jacqueline, you have the first one. I do. I'm very excited about this first pick, uh, Fairest by Meredith Toulousen. And this is out from Viking. And I actually listened to the audiobook, which um, Meredith narrates herself. And this is a, a memoir, and it is really a coming of age, but it's also a sort of whole of life story about Meredith's experiences growing up in a village in the Philippines, her experiences with albinism, with being a child TV star, moving to the US and uh, studying at Harvard. It covers so much. I feel like it's a really complex and detailed and just really um, engagingly written memoir as well. It was like superb to listen to on audio. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. So one of the things that came up when I was reading reviews and, you know, broadly looking at um, memoirs by trans writers um, was a lot of commentary around the, the importance of writers not feeling like they are confined to writing about the um, coming out or transition experience. One of the articles that I read was a, a recent one in Australia about a Yamachi Noonga woman named Rusty, and she was talking about... The, the, the byline of this article, I think, sums it up perfectly, more than I can paraphrase, and it's that stories about tra transgender Australians often focus on coming out or transitioning. For Rusty Nanop, her whole story is worth telling. Uh, and I think that really struck a chord with when I was reading Ferris, particularly, because I think so much of what Meredith Toulousen is writing about in Ferris isn't focusing on that experience, th those experiences. It's, it's everything else in her life. Um, and I think that was a really good starting point for when we were thinking about this theme, um, looking at texts that were intersectional and touched on so many different experiences and you know, internationally as well, looking at um, the, the scope of trans experiences in this space. Yeah. And, and that reminded me of reading um, Jacob Tobias' memoir, Sissy. Uh, they are genderqueer trans person and uh, they identify as a femme. And so I really loved that memoir because one, it was it's really funny. And Jacob Tobias does a great job reading the audio <laughs> but also they talk about what the air quotes traditional trans uh, narrative is and wanting to upend that and how, you know, cisgender people often want like this really clean cut story of this is what happens and then this happens. But really, that's not what life looks like. And so I was thinking about that when I was reading Ferris because that's such an, an incredible point that that whole quote, that quote right there. I mean, her whole story is worth telling. Yeah, I think it really framed how I approached a lot of the books that we were, you know, looking at, um, narrowing down our choices of what to share on the episode today. So that is Fairest by Meredith Toulousen, out from Viking. And Kendra, you have our second discussion book. The sponsor of this episode is Audible. As many of you know, I am a huge audiobook fan. In fact, I 
mostly do my reading via my ears, and that makes Audible an important part of my reading life. As someone who has over a dozen audiobook apps on my phone, Audible's app is by far the easiest to use that I use in my everyday life. In fact, when I wake up, I head over to Audible, and with my subscription, which I have had for many years now, I can listen to summaries of the New York Times and the Washington Post, which give me a great way to start my day. Audible has also recently released a new subscription called Audible Plus, where you have access to a number of audiobooks in addition to your regularly scheduled credits that drop into your account every month. For me, I really love that Audible Plus includes authors like Banana Yoshimoto, especially since we are doing our international theme here on Reading Women this year. So if you are looking for more audiobooks in your life, Audible has given Reading Women a special discount code. So you can visit Audible at audible.com slash reading women or text reading women to 500 500 to start your free 30-day trial. That's visit audible.com slash reading women or text reading women to 500 500 to start your free 30-day trial. And Kendra, you have our second discussion book. Yes. So our second discussion pick is Detransition Baby by Tori Peters, which is out from One World here in the U.S., And this book has been sweeping the internet. I've been so glad to see that because, you know, the story is about Ames, who has recently detransitioned from being a trans woman. And when he discovers his girlfriend is pregnant, he calls up his ex-girlfriend, Reese, who is a trans woman. Uh, He asks Reese to be another parent for their future child. And so uh, they start figuring out what a three-parent situation might look like and this book is so fantastically written. The pacing is just perfection. And, you know, there's something that a lot of trans folks have been mentioning when they read this book is that it centers trans people's stories and uh, that that is just so refreshing for them to read. And so while cisgender people are more than welcome to read it and, and discuss it, it, it's still the priority is to center trans people with this novel. And I just think that is incredibly fabulous. Mm, and it's such a funny book. There are so much, yes. so many witty <laughs> lines that just, yeah, Kendra and I, before we started recording, we were discussing a particular scene at an essential oils party. And I won't share any other context in case you haven't read the book, but there was so many like names about different attendees at the party, for example. It's it's just so clever. Really, really funny. I feel like a lot of women have been to these like multi-level marketing parties, whether it's Tupperware oh, yeah. or, you know, a, a food system or, or whatever. I just laughed the whole scene. It was it was phenomenal so funny and yeah just such an incredible pace throughout the whole book and and that's incredible balance that tori peter strikes uh, taking a serious in-depth look at trans women in relation to parenthood and to motherhood and that's very a very serious topic that she handles so well but also balancing that with the hilariousness that is life and i just was cannot believe this is her debut novel just because it's so well crafted in intricate ways uh and we both just immediately fell in love with the book and so that's why we wanted to discuss it yeah <laughs> 
Um, so that is Detransition Baby by Tori Peters, and that is out from One World. And that and Ferrist will be our discussion books that we will talk about in our next episode. Uh, but Jacqueline, we still have more books to go. So what is your next pick? <laughs> <laughs> We, we certainly do. Uh, my pick is Disintegrate, Dissociate by Ariel Twist. And this is a 2019 release from Arsenal Pulp Press. Um, and I was really excited to find this because I wanted to try and find some poetry because I, firstly, I just love reading poetry as a form. Um, and when I was doing a lot of research for this episode, there was a lot of works coming up in this genre that... Um, I wanted to share anyway. And this was one that particularly struck me. So Ariel Twist is a Nehior two-spirit trans woman who is creating to reclaim and harness ancestral magic and memories. Um, she's originally from George Gordon First Nation in Saskatchewan, um, but she's now based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And she's an author, a multidisciplinary artist and sex educator. And this book was interesting for so many reasons. There are some fantastic interviews on YouTube with Twist talking about the book and how raw it was as a first release and there being so much in it that she may not write in a subsequent book, for example. Um, so, so many of the poems were very, the very intimate subject matter and they're titled and use. Uh, text that feels like they're specific conversations with individuals, either they're, you know, named people um, or they're referred to with a pronoun. So there's this like intimacy to the writing that invites the reader into these conversations really readily, I thought. Um, there's also a lot that look at grief thematically, which I really engaged with. Um, it's looking at it in so many different forms in a very literal sense it's looking at the grief of losing family losing a grandmother in this specific instance but there's also this grief of body um you know the grief during a transition or the grief of dating so there were so many poems that spoke to these different experiences that I, I thought really interesting and again coming back to that article we mentioned earlier about the whole of life being shared and in works um, that that definitely rang true on my reading of, of this anyway one of the other things that I found really interesting in one of the interviews that I listened to with the author was the way she was talking about writing as a cathartic process um, and a way to work through specific experiences that she'd had and I think there's a lot of crossovers with comments that you were making earlier Kendra about Tori Peters and what she was doing with Detransition Baby um, and writing for a community and for a community to feel seen in a work of literature um, and that's certainly something that Twist was commenting on with this book and art for both the Indigenous and trans communities to be part of and to feel seen within um, so I, I love that and I think there's so much in what these authors talk about when they're talking about their own works that um, you know is in conversation with each other so again that is Disintegrate, Dissociate by Ariel Twist, and that is out from Arsenal Pulp Press. And I should say, if you're on Scribd, you can actually find a copy of this there, if that's helpful. And we'll be back with more from this episode of Reading Women after a word from our sponsor. The sponsor of this episode is Acorn TV. 
When the cold weather keeps us inside, one of my favorite ways to mentally escape is to curl up and get lost in a show. Usually that means Dylan and I are curled up on the couch watching our favorite TV series. And nothing feels more transportive than when I'm stuck indoors than watching brilliant TV from across the pond. I am a huge fan of that mood of especially mystery series from over in the UK. But that's why I love Acorn TV. Acorn TV is a streaming service that's rooted in British television. It has a rich catalog of exclusive award-winning series across genres including mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. From production to performances, the series you'll find on Acorn TV are exceptional because they're so cleverly written, visually striking, and featured renowned actors like David Tennant and Tandy Newton. I love Acorn TV because of the aforementioned David Tennant, but also because of Vera. Vera is one of my favorite police procedurals featuring a woman protagonist, especially an older woman protagonist, and she has that unique take on the detective with a mysterious background who's jaded in a certain way for unknown reasons. So you must watch and continue through the seasons to see her background and understand why Vera is the way she is. It's amazing. I love her and I can watch all of her episodes over and over again on Acorn TV. So you can escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. You can try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use the promo code readingwomen. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV code readingwomen to get your first 30 days for free. And Kendra, what is your second book? All right, so my um, second pick is actually a book that Vanessa recommended to me, and we talked about earlier how the Patreon podcast episode is with Evelyn and Vanessa. It's actually a book I read for that book club, and so uh, the book is called Fierce Femmes and Notorious Liars, A Dangerous Trans Girl's Confabulous Memoir by Kai Chang Tom. Now, uh, this is... Uh, it says memoir, but it's actually a fictionalized memoir. So maybe we could think somewhere in between like auto fiction, something like that. So it really like just does not mm. give a floof of what kind of genre that it's in. She just wrote what she wanted to write. And what's unique about this story is that it is in a sense partially a memoir. So you have the story uh, that's, you know, based on Kai Cheng Tom's experience of, of leaving home and being Asian Canadian and growing up in this household that was not accepting of her gender identity. And so she fled to the city. And in the book, it's called The City of Smoke and Lights. And sometimes, you know, instead of just this conversation that she's having with her sister about leaving, they're on a beach with a bunch of mermaids, right? And so, uh, which oftentimes, you know, trans identity has, is symbolized by mermaids oftentimes. And, and so there's a lot of fantastical and fabulous elements that appear in the book and it really makes the story have an extra added layer of depth and discussion because there's multiple layers of things going on. So you have that surface layer of what's happening in the story but also the magical or fantastical elements that are included. Uh, the story itself is told in these very short chapters. Sometimes the chapters are t actually a poem. 
and it, it's about this woman finding what's called the Street of Miracles, which is where all of the trans women kind of gather. A lot of them work in sex work, um, but they're all trying to find a place for themselves. And it's just a, a wild story that really, I think, captures something that I'd never read before when I first read this book. And I feel like that you know, when you look at Kai Cheng Tom's work, uh, she does a great job of just capturing these little moments um, of of reality, this this hyper realism, and then you immediately jump into a fantastical element, and just that parallel, uh, that jump, kind of startles you in in the story in, in a good way, I guess. It's really fantastic in a lot of ways. Mm. I love the title, "A Trans Girl's Confabulous Memoir." <laughs> I, I, you know it it really fits and you know like here there's this chapter there's a poem for one chapter and that's like five lines long and then the next part is written in the style of a play so she really just does whatever she wants with the storytelling methods and you know there are some really dark moments there are some really difficult moments in the story um, but there's always a layer of hope and coming into one's own that I really appreciated in the book. Mm, I love that dexterity across form as well. It sounds really interesting. And it, yeah, and I listened to the audio. And so I will say I missed a lot of that with the form. So I would recommend if you're going to listen to the audiobook that you have a text from like the library or or um, an ebook or something that you can actually see what format the text you know, takes, because I think that would also aid in your understanding of the story, um, and different things, but I enjoyed the story and I didn't have a print copy at the time. So, I mean, either way, you're going to get something great out of it. Very helpful tip. Thank you. So that is Fierce Femmes and Notorious Liars, a Dangerous Trans Girls Confabulous Memoir by Kai Cheng Tom. And that is from Metonymy Press. So those are our four picks. Now that it's time for our guest, who I am so excited for. Okay, so our guest this month is Rosemary Ketchum, who is the first trans lawmaker elected in the state of West Virginia. And she is a councilwoman in Wheeling, West Virginia. And she was elected in June of 2020. And I was so excited uh, about her, her winning. And she, you know, did a lot of media rounds and but my favorite interview with her was with the podcast Apod Latcha. Uh, and, you know, just being an Appalachian trans woman is just, I think she's really highlighting a lot of things in her work that a lot of people are just unaware of. She's raising awareness for trans folks in Appalachia, particularly West Virginia. And I really appreciate that. But she's also just a fabulous council person who's doing her job and is very dedicated uh, to. Uh, the people she serves. And so uh, she is a reader. And so I asked her if she would be up for recommending some books by trans women. Um, so yeah, that's how it happened. I'm just very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without further ado, here is Rosemary Ketchum. So my name is Rosemary Ketchum. I live in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, I'm a member of our city council here in Wheeling, and I wor also work in public health. Uh, and I can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook uh, at Rosemary Ketchum. The book that I have chosen to talk about today is called A Safe Girl to Love uh, by Casey Plett. 
Uh, it's a 2014 release uh, and a collection of 11 short stories. So the book is about a lot of things. Uh, the short stories uh, follow uh, primarily the stories of trans women um, in various parts of their transition. Uh, and two of the uh, specific stories that I will highlight today um, have resonated with uh, me and my own uh, transition as a, as a trans woman, uh, and I'm excited to, to talk about those. So the first story um, I'd love to share with uh, folks is called uh, 20 Hot Tips for Shopping Success, which is a title that kind of reminds me of uh, the front of a <laughs> Cosmopolitan magazine. The story is essentially about a trans woman early in their transition trying to uh, shop. And for many folks, you know, shopping for clothing is not a, you know, intimidating or scary experience or activity. But for trans folks early in their transition, especially, I think, uh, trans women, you know, shopping for clothing before you've transitioned is pretty intimidating. And this this story kind of illustrates in a very interesting bullet point method, 20 tips for shopping. I relate to this story so much uh, because it follows this person who is early in their transition, um, who, you know, currently presents uh, masculine, trying to shop for women's clothing. And all of the worries and fears and concerns that race through your mind, and, and many of them are scenarios that we build that are kind of catastrophizing, right? Like, you know, we, I think as trans folks, we expect the worst to happen. Uh, and in this story in particular, you know, the, uh, you know, the character expresses intense insecurity and fear. And what if somebody sees me? And what if somebody from work is shopping here too, while I'm looking at, you know, women's blouses? And, and it's something that really hit home for me because while I'm a, a younger trans person and I transitioned very early, I still... Um, occasionally while shopping in person, which is a rarity these days, but when I am shopping, I still have this you know, kind of pang of nervousness uh, occasionally, kind of thinking back to those early days. And that's really, you know, the reason I love this story, because I can relate to it so closely. And I think, um, you know, many other trans folks have similar experiences to being in a store and and, and feeling um, insecure and a little nervous. Um, so it, it's it's a really a great story that I that I recommend to anyone. Uh, the story is 20 Hot Tips for Shopping Success. The second story from this uh, collection is called How Old Are You Anyway? This is also a fascinating story that I think illustrates the other side of uh, many uh, of the lived experiences of trans folks. And this follows uh, a trans woman named Lisa who, you know, lives a very normal life in the city, um, but also participates in online, uh, you know, sex work essentially as a cam girl. You know, while I think many folks who are not part of the LGBT community might, you know, consider sex work or, you know, whatever to be incredibly explicit and, and rare. Unfortunately, for many trans folks that have, you know, been perhaps excommunicated from their, you know, social circles or, or feel maybe not welcome in, in um, uh, traditional uh, economic um, uh, or employment environments or are just simply part of, you know, an unfortunate kind of cyclical experience of uh, abuse might participate in sex work. And and I think it is important to also, you know, 
remind folks that sex work is work. And, you know, I think sex work can be a positive thing. Uh, but I think in, in this story in particular, it illustrates the decision that, you know, can often be made when folks who may be part of the LGBT community feel uh, some kind of pressure or last resort to engage in some kind of sex work, whether that is in person or online. Um, and so Lisa in this story, I think, is battling with this uh, this question or this experience of uh, a non-traditional uh, work environment, uh, let's say, also being a, a trans woman and feeling fetishized um, and not empowered, perhaps, in her own sexuality, which I think is, you know, ultimately part of the you know goal of being an empowered community is being comprehensively and holistically empowered. And again, it's a it's a balancing act because I, I think we're as a community and as a society, uh, you know, addressing the concept of empowerment within sex work. And I think that's real and, and legitimate. But I think for trans folks, oftentimes there is a component of uh, fetishizing and, and objectification that is unhealthy. And I think that Lisa in this story really does experience that. And I'm sure, you know, folks who are in the trans community, whether or not they engage in, in this kind of employment, see that and, and you know, can feel some kind of empathy with that, you know, psychological lived experience, but also folks who are not in the LGBT community. I think it is fascinating to understand that there is a layer there that that might not be understood or maybe needs to be elucidated to some extent for the for the general population. So it's a it's a complex story, but I think it's one really important to read. This story is called How Old Are You Anyway? So I think it's really important uh, to elevate and to give platform to trans voices, not just trans characters, which is incredibly important, but folks who are able uh, to produce stories from a, an LGBTQ perspective, particularly a trans perspective. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, the author, Casey Platt, does a really great job of that uh, in this collection of stories. And, I, and I'm excited that we're able to celebrate, you know, Women's History Month um, uh, with all kinds of women uh, in all kinds of complex and interesting stories. The book is called A Safe Girl to Love by Casey Platt. Thank you so much, Rosemary. Those recommendations are amazing, and I'm very excited to look into some of them myself. <laughs> well, those are our picks for uh, this episode. Uh, if you want more information on anything we've mentioned, uh, be sure to check out the show notes. Um, but yes, uh, Jacqueline, what are you currently reading? Yeah, well, one of the books that I was reading as part of researching for this episode was the subtweet by Vivek Shreya. And I have to thank our friend Matthew Sharapa for putting me onto this book. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's a very interesting one because it's a narrative looking at social media, specifically um, a situation where two musicians are having their relationship conflicted after a, a subtweet goes viral. I think it's a really clever book for really breaking down the complexities of the relationship between the women in this book. And it's doing it in a way that isn't at all patronizing or kind of downplaying the role that social media plays in modern relationships. And I think the, the nuance in that specific element and the way at the way it examines the music industry, I thought was phenomenal. Um, and I was really excited to get to one of Shreya's works, finally, myself. So I first came across her work with an imprint, VS Books, which is an imprint of Arsenal Pulp Press. 
and I read their first title release, uh, Shut Up, You're Pretty by Taya Matonji, which came out in 2019 as well. But yeah, highly recommend checking out the subtweet. I think it's a really complex look at um, relationships and the complexities of social media that I, I haven't seen done with so much skill um, as it has in this. So that's the subtweet by Vivek Shreya. And what are you currently reading, Kendra? So I am reading All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders, and I met uh, her back, oh, I don't know, a few years ago um, at Hub City Writers. They have, they partner with like a, a summer camp there and that Jeff Vandermeer runs with his, his wife, and it's for teenagers who write um, sci-fi, fantasy, et cetera. And so they always have like a big guest. One year they had N.K. Jemison. Wow. And I missed her because I didn't see the notification. Oh. I know, oh, no, right? Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So the following year, I believe it was the following year, they had Charlie Jane Anders. And so I met her and she signed my book and I was very excited, but I still hadn't gotten around to reading it yet. So I figured now would be a great time when we're doing a lot of research for this. And so that is what I'm currently reading. And um, she has at least one other book out after this one. But I wanted to read All the Birds in the Sky, not just because it's her debut, but because it looks at this childhood friends who are one's a witch and one's a mad scientist. And there's this rivalry between them, it looks like, and in a near future San Francisco and all sorts of things happen. And this book was a Hugo Award nominee for Best Novel and won the Nebula um, and also won the Locus Award for Best Fantasy Novel and just a gazillion other fantasy awards. So it's definitely one that I need to read as a fantasy lover. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, it sounds amazing. I had to try to say all of those awards in one breath and I was failing miserably, but <laughs> I, I just, I'm just like, I think over- you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> just overwhelmed by, by how many different things are, are on this book's Goodreads page. Um, so definitely check out All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders if you haven't already. All right. So Jacqueline, where can people find you about the internet? So I am on Twitter and Instagram and BookTube as Six Minutes for Me. And Kendra, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me across the internet at KD Winchester. This K is in Kite, D is in Dylan Winchester. And also at Read Appalachia because that's fun. Why not? <laughs> it's a very exciting account. <laughs> So that's our show. Uh, Reading Woman is a member of Lit Hub Radio. And many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. This episode was produced and edited by me, Kendra Winchester. And our music is by Mickey Saito with Isaac Green. Join us next time when we dive into our discussion picks, Detransition Baby and Fairest. And in the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. And thank you for listening. 